Hello and welcome to a Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it is my joy and my pleasure to welcome you today. Welcome back to all you regular listeners. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for coming back day after day. And welcome to anyone who's here for the first time. You know, I record these a few days in advance. Um, depends on how many days ahead I am based on what I've got going on. But um, I just have to tell you uh, what God has done. And I'm just so thankful. We just had the 76th country download. <laughs> and I believe it's up to 986 cities. And that is uh, just all God. We're well over 60,000 downloads of this podcast since it was first published. And I know in the podcasting world, that's not a lot. Some people get that in a day. Um, but when we think about people who um, may be hearing about God's Word from all over the world, and uh, it's just such a blessing. And then there are those who don't want to know God's Word. And so I don't expect the number to be super high because God's Word tells us that um, it's a straight and narrow way, and few will find it. But oh, what a blessing for him to use this in whatever way he sees fit. And so I just give him all the praise and all the thanks and all the glory for that. And I love it that we get to be here together. I continue to pray for you that God would draw you closer to him and give you more of a desire to know him and his word and that you'll have a hunger and a thirst for his word and a desire to um, just draw ever closer to him and that you will not only read God's word, but you'll study it and then you'll live it out and then you'll share it. And speaking of sharing this podcast, please continue to share with friends, family, neighbors, strangers. If you feel so lit, share it on your social media. Share it by that good old-fashioned word of mouth if there are other people that you know who may wish to come along this journey with us and know that I love to hear from you. I love to hear what God's doing in your life as you're spending more time with Him. Well, our verse for the day for... February the 14th, 2024. It's not a Valentine verse, <laughs> but it is just, uh, it's even better. It's just so important for us to under these, understand um, the concept that we will find in this verse um, as we are believers in a world of unbelievers. And so this comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, and it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Well, friends, I'm excited for us to park here and see what we can learn. You know, we were in this uh, letter of 1 Corinthians, Paul's letter, of just a few days ago, just about three days ago, and we talked about... Um, the Spirit of God and how His Spirit is understands uh, the thoughts of God, and then we talked about what um, what a profound thing that is it is, and what a blessing it is that He gives us believers His Spirit. We're sealed with that Holy Spirit when we believe in Him, and so I'm excited for us to to look at this and think about this just a little bit more. Now we. Uh, are in this letter of 1 Corinthians, and we know that Paul wrote this letter because at the beginning it says, Paul, 
called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. I love that because we're in that group as well. And then he says, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul wrote 13 of the 27 letters in the New Testament. And we've talked about him a lot. We were uh, there yesterday in one of his letters and Lord willing, will continue to be in a lot of his letters. It's kind of hard to study the New Testament and not be in his letters frequently. Uh, but he gives us the his credentials right at the beginning of this letter, he says he's called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And I want to remind you, we've talked about Paul's calling several times before, but you can look that up if this is your first time listening. And it's just wise to think about it anyway, even if you've listened to all 774 episodes. It's wise for us to think about where Paul was uh, when he was called, what he was doing, and how it changed his life, because we see in Paul's life what God can do in our lives. And I'm so thankful for that. Paul was a Pharisee. He uh, was in that very religious, zealous sect of the Pharisees who were supposed to know the things of God. They were supposed to know the law and the prophets and God's plan for his people. Um, But somewhere along the way, that group of Pharisees, that sect, had become uh, very legalistic, and they had even added rules. And we talked about yesterday how they were burdensome to people, and they looked down on others if if other people didn't do things just the way the Pharisees did. And uh, God turned Paul's uh, life upside down when he graciously met him in the form of Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, where Paul was headed to continue to persecute Christians. Paul describes himself as a persecutor and a blasphemer and an insolent opponent, Um, but God graciously met him there, and you read about that in Acts chapter 9, 22, and 26, and then after uh, Paul had been converted and he was baptized, he was saved, um, he went away to Arabia for a while. We'll read about that in Galatians for about three years, and then he came back to begin uh, his missionary journeys. And we have three different missionary journeys recorded. Um, And it was on one of these, I believe it was around his second one, that he um, went to Corinth. And when he went to Corinth, he met a man and wife named uh, Priscilla and Aquila, and he worked with them. He stayed with them. They had a similar trade. They were all three tent makers. And so, well, I don't know if Priscilla was a tent maker, but uh, Aquila was. They worked together, the three of them. (laughs) And um, then Paul did like he usually did when he went to a new city. He would go to the synagogue first. And he went to that synagogue in Corinth and tried to encourage the Jews there to to see the light, to realize that Jesus was this long-awaited Messiah that they'd all been waiting for. But as was frequently the case, he was run out of the synagogue, and then he went to the Gentiles, the non-Jews 
there. And he stayed in Corinth about 18 months and uh, taught with the, he taught them, he lived with them, and he cared very much for them. Well, after that, he went away, and I believe he went toward Ephesus, and uh, we uh, understand from this letter of 1 Corinthians that he had received word that there were some things not going very well in Corinth. Corinth was a very worldly city, and, you know, really, which city is not nowadays, but um, Corinth was very worldly. There's all different kinds of idol worship, and there was just a lot of immorality there, and it was so bad that even the, some of the pagans, when, a, when they would hear about a place that was really bad or that had just gone morally terrible, they would say that that place had been Corinthianized. And so that's how bad Corinth was. But Paul had gone away and he heard about some divisions that had happened in the church. He'd heard about some of those who professed to be believers who were kind of sliding back into their old ways. And um, he also had received a letter from the believers there in Corinth. And so he wrote this letter of 1 Corinthians back to them to address some of the issues that he'd heard about, and then also to answer some of their questions. And so that's where we find ourselves here. And uh, he's, in these verses leading up to our verse for the day, he's explaining that um, even though he is an apostle, he's doing exactly what he was called, that God is the one who's doing the working, just much like we talked about yesterday in, in Philippians, that it's God who works in us to will and to act according to his good pleasure, or to will and to work according to his good pleasure. And so Paul was saying, yes, he's called, but he's doing exactly what God has done under the direction of, or what God has called him to do under the direction of the Holy Spirit. As I mentioned, there uh, were divisions in the church, and it was because some were saying that they followed one man or this man, Paul or Apollos or Peter, or uh, and some were saying Christ, and uh, Paul was trying to get them to understand, even though we are leaders, even though we are apostles, even though we have told you this, uh, we're, we're speaking uh what Christ has given, what God has given us through the Holy Spirit. And he goes into this discourse about it's not with eloquent wisdom or wisdom um, that sounds good or is flowery from the world, lest it uh, takes away from the cross of cross of Christ, but it is um, something that the world sees as foolish. Listen to this. In First uh, Corinthians one eighteen. he says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And then down in verse 22 of chapter 1, For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we create preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And then in chapter 2, he says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. And I, I have to pause here. I think um, 
he's distinguishing himself from the way the world acts. The world will uh, do these big flowery wor- words and act like they're wise, but really they're, the wisdom of the world, as we've read, is just but foolishness to God. And so Paul's saying, I didn't come to you proclaiming the things of God um, with this flowery speech, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling in my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Do you see what he's saying? God's uh, wisdom is much higher. It's much different. And um, it's not going to look like what the world says. The world may sound good. Its wisdom may sound good, but really it's just folly. And um, then he goes into this leading up to our verse for the day. He says, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. We talked about this for a, a few days ago, that um, God, through his Holy Spirit, uh, reveals things. He'd revealed things to Paul that had been hidden to, for the ages. He'd revealed this great mystery. Paul talks about the great mystery of Christ that um or the mystery of the gospel that Jesus came for everyone, that salvation could be for everyone, Jews and non-Jews alike. <clears throat> and that was that was that great mystery. He says in verse 11, and we did a podcast on this a few days ago, for who knows a person's thought except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That's the Holy Spirit, friends, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truth to those who are spiritual. And then here's our verse. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And I'm going to read right past. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You know, friends, I've wondered at times, about things that seem so clear in in God's word about how Jesus came, how we are all sinners and in need of a savior. And God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. And that was Jesus. And Jesus walked a sinless life. And then he was hated and persecuted. And he was placed on a cross. He was crucified and he died. And then he was placed in the tomb. And on the third day, he raised was raised again uh, in full bodily form. And he did that to uh, pay the penalty that we owe. 
And because of that, we have grace, we have mercy, and we can have forgiveness, and we can have that right relationship with God. And that is just the best news to me. But it has it has been so hard at times to think, why can't other people see that? And this is the answer right here. The things of the Spirit are spiritually discerned. You have to be... Um, willing god has has to have drawn you to him and then you have to realize that you are a sinner and that you are in need of a savior it's all about faith that holy spirit is given to us uh, when we believe Um, it's nothing of our own self though that allows us to understand these it's god working in us it's god's spirit within us and that's where our verse says the natural person or the person walking in the flesh um, in the things of this world does not accept the things of the spirit of god before you realize before god takes you from that spiritual blindness and gives you eyes to see and ears to hear you really can't understand that uh, for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned discerned but uh, God does give us that ability. He does. He get, makes a way for everyone to come to him, but not everyone chooses to come to him. And um, I'm thankful that he does that. But it just shows us such, such the importance of uh, what the Holy Spirit does in our life. That same Holy Spirit, God's Spirit that knows the thoughts of God is uh, imparted to us. And we've talked about that in Ephesians chapter 1, 13 and 14. I read that to you often, but it is so important. It's just foundational to know. And listen to the progression. Listen to the order here. It says in uh, Ephesians 1, 13, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, so you had to hear the word, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him. Were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Do you see that? You had to hear it, then you uh, had to believe it, and then you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. God gives that spirit, and then we can understand. But the people who are walking around in the world devoid of the spirit or have, or who don't have their spirit within God's spirit within them, have a hard time understanding unless he imparts that understanding. And he knows hearts. He knows who's going to believe. He knows whose hearts are tender toward him. Um, It's all about the heart with God. And I want to just pop over to Romans chapter 8 and just read a little bit more about this life in the Spirit so that um, it just even fully, more fully explains it. Oh, I just love all of chapter 8 of Romans, but I'm going to pop in down to chapter 8, verse 5. It says, For those who live according to the flesh, so the natural worldly way, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. 
Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. We have understanding about the things of God, not because of anything of ourselves, but because of God's Holy Spirit. And if you say to yourself, how do I know that I have it? Um, You believe that Jesus is God's son. You believe that you're a sinner in need of a savior. You ask for that forgiveness and believe that he has done what he did on the cross, that he did die for you and he did pay that penalty. And then you deny yourself, you pick up your cross and you follow him. Uh, Again, it's not anything you, you can earn. You can't buy the spirit. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough to get it. It comes with that grace and that mercy. It's a package deal with the salvation that he gives, but we have to be so careful not to quench it. That's why we have to um, turn to him daily, focus on him daily, seek him daily, deny ourselves, deny the things of the world so that we can hear and understand when he provides that uh, direction of the Holy Spirit. So may we do that. May we walk in the Spirit today for his glory. May we seek him and uh, then also tell others about him. Blessings to you, friends. Until next time.